U.S. physicians wrote 1.6 billion prescriptions last year. That accounts for the huge number of royal pain-in-the-backside faxes and phone calls your office gets. But today we get some suggestions about streamlining that process. You are listening to Reach MD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, your host, and joining us today is Shirley Grace from Physician's Practice Journal, who recently researched this subject. Welcome, Shirley. Thanks for having me here, Dr. Greenberg. The article you wrote, which you researched, is called Can't We All Just Get Along? I love that title because I'm getting tired of all the pharmacist faxes and calls. That's a lot of prescriptions and a lot of communication about these prescriptions. How many drug orders or prescriptions that we write require at least one communication? About half of them actually require one, at least one communication and often more than that because of things like phone tag. Can you elaborate what we're communicating about with these prescriptions? Well, the communication actually runs the gamut from the typical, I can't read your handwriting, to questions about dosage, to the pharmacist possibly alerting the physician to uh, drug interactions, especially if a um, physician doesn't have all the information that he should have about a patient, um, all the drugs that a patient may be taking, that a drug interaction may be flagged at the pharmacy. So the pharmacy is compelled to call the physician and discuss that. Well, that compulsion is really there to help us too, I think, isn't it? Oh, exactly. But a lot of the communication I see tends to be, in my opinion, kind of silly. It's like a pharmacist calling me up to say, are, are you sure you want to use that cream on that part of the body when I know what I'm doing? I mean, we get frustrated with each other. So you say in your article that there's three avenues we need to streamline the process of doctors talking to pharmacists and, and playing nicer. What are they? Well, certainly tighter policies. And that involves not only pharmacists but also the patients in bringing their medications or at least their medication list to each appointment, better communication between patient and doctor and a more efficient use of technology, of today's technology coming out with e-prescribing and um, electronic medical records. Let's talk about tighter policies. I get very frustrated when my patients come into my office and they go, yeah, okay, the white cream, the, the one the other doctor gave me, you know what it is, the white cream. Do you have any ideas how we should approach patients? Do we demand they bring their prescriptions with them? Or You can go a couple of different ways. Asking patients to actually bring their prescriptions is a great idea in theory. It may or may not work. Having an updated list might be better, and even helping the patient to make that list and update it every time you see them might be the best way of all because a copy of that list can go right into the chart and to make sure it stays current. Either way you choose to do it is better, and signage all around the office also saying, you know, we need to know everything you're taking is good, too, that you can, any way that you can communicate this is good. Right, and it might be wise on a first visit to inform patients, please bring all your medications with you. Right, and this isn't just prescription medication. Either it includes any homeopathic remedies that patients might take that they may or may not tell you about if you don't specifically ask them. A lot of patients don't realize that herbal remedies do have active ingredients and can cause drug interactions, and a physician can't know about them if the patient doesn't tell them. Right, and specifically, too, we need to ask about vitamins birth control pills. I find aspirin. More patients don't tell us they take aspirin or, or over-the-counter pain relievers or something. They don't consider it a medication. Right. It's just standard, oh, I have a headache, I take this, and they don't think that it could have anything to do with interacting with other drugs, and some drugs are extremely reactive to everything. In your article, you talk about playing telephone tag with the pharmacies. 
how do we stop playing telephone tag? The pharmacist calls us. We have to call them back. They put us on hold. What's going on here with telephone tag? The problem is that the bulk of these phone calls have a lot to do with restrictive insurance formularies. Patients have all kinds of different rules with their insurance plans, and physicians can't possibly know everything that's going on with every single insurance formulary. So you write a prescription, and it's not covered on their plan. More pointedly, with things like direct mail pharmacies, they, of course, want you to use the lowest cost formulary, and that requires a phone call and back and forth and back and forth, and they've got special arrangements with certain drug companies. They might be swapping out of one brand name for another or going to the lowest generic or whatever. So it goes to so many different phone calls. Right. Well, besides that, you talk about the games that occurs that doctors and pharmacists really don't like. Neither of us like it. What what are the rest of these games that we play? I had a little fun with that because it did seem to me that they were games. Hide and seek the chart is a favorite where a pharmacy will call up and say, hey, Dr. Jones, your patient, Dr. Grossman's blood pressure medication is going to lapse and, um, hey, you better get him in there. So the nurse will pull the chart and and then see that the uh, patient was actually in there the day before and got a renewed prescription. So there was no need for all that time spent. It cost 12 to $15 to pull a chart, and they have to go and research it and then find out that there was really no need to do it. So nothing has actually happened, but money was spent and time was wasted. So there's that. There's the Disappearing Act, where for some reason many physicians leave the room to actually write up their prescriptions. You're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on Reach MDXM 233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, and I'm speaking today with Shirley Grace from Physicians Practice Journal. We're talking about ways to help in the communication jungle between doctors and pharmacists. Okay, sorry, the Disappearing Act. Doctors leave the room to write prescriptions. I find this really kind of strange because I don't. Tell me about it. It does happen actually quite often that a physician will leave the room to write their prescriptions. Perhaps it's to look up drug information. Um, I've actually had it happen as a patient. It is a lost opportunity for communication between the patient and the doctor where you could talk about side effects and interactions and compliance and what to do if the drug is making you feel bad to call and things like that. And if you just walk out of the room and then a nurse hands the prescription to the patient, that opportunity is gone for patient education. Right. And you can also, in that moment, ask the patient, do you know what your insurance plan is? Do you know if you need a 90-day supply? There's all kinds of interactions from the patient you can get at that moment. Absolutely. I mean, some patients don't know anything about their insurance, but a lot of them do. They actually do know the details. And if you're if you're not there in the room to discuss, you know, these type of stipulations, then the chances of having these this phone tag happen then between the pharmacy and you have just gone up exponentially. Right. Let's go back for a second and talk about this hide-and-seek game that you play, that the pharmacies play about sending us a notice. I've never gotten any of these, and my patient's prescription is almost out of date. Can we call the pharmacy up and talk to them and say, listen, please don't do this. This is just extra work for us, and we're handling it? I imagine that you can. I don't know how well that would go over with forwarding a good relationship with your pharmacy because it is important to forge good relationships with the area of pharmacies around you for your patient's sake and, of course, you know, for, your, for the building of your own business. But you could certainly try. I think maybe if you talked to them, you know, face-to-face and said, listen, guys, this is, like, really 
messing up my practice time, maybe it would change that policy. I, we've had that where we've, we've had multiple communications from pharmacies over one patient. That's just a waste of our time, and we've called them up to do that. Okay. Any other games that we play with each other? Oh, sure. There's uh, Crack the Code. That has to do with physician handwriting. Physician handwriting has been a time-honored issue or a time-honored joke, if you will. Even just typing out your prescriptions or you know, printing them out through a computer can help with being able to decipher the actual prescription itself. Now, you say in the article that you wrote, you researched this, about doctors' lousy handwriting. You say that it's no worse than the general population. Is this true? It is true. There have been studies that have, have shown that. There was one uh, printed in the British Medical Journal that was run by the Institute for Healthcare Improvement um, about a decade ago that showed that doctors' handwriting, about a third of the population has illegible handwriting, and about a third of physicians have illegible handwriting. It's the same. The difference is, is that physicians are in a business where having illegible handwriting is a risk because of medical errors and not being able to decipher a drug order. So the risk is greater, and that's why the reputation has risen. So does the pharmacist then call us back and say, I can't read what you wrote. I don't have a clue, right? Well, in that case, we hope he does, because if he just tries to decipher it and gets it wrong, then you've added to the 1.5 million medical errors per year due to poor handwriting. So we can either improve our handwriting or go on to other systems that handwrite for us. Right. Other games that you talk about. That leads right into keeping up with the E. Joneses, which speaks to technology and looking into technology. This is actually maybe a slight misnomer, and that's a game you almost want to play. You do want to look into e-prescribing software at the very least, and hopefully coupled with electronic medical records adoption. You're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, and I'm speaking today with Shirley Grace from Physician's Practice Journal. We're talking about ways to help in the communication jungle between doctors and pharmacists. You mentioned in your article, under the games people play, who's on first? That the physician and the pharmacist have a clear duty to direct patients to the correct medication and try to persuade the patient to take it. But patients play a part, too, that they should know the difference between a refill and a renewal. Can we talk about that for a second? There is a responsibility that is squarely on the patient's shoulders to take a part in his own health care. And that has to do with knowing basic facts, the things that, things that are so basic to some people, the difference between what's a refill and what's a renewal. A refill, of course, is just getting more of the same prescription. And a renewal is you know, completely different, as you all know and that it is on them to, to keep track of what they take. The physician can only do so much, can only prescribe the medication based on the diagnosis that he or she has made, and there is a large responsibility for the physician to comply. Unfortunately, that's at about 18%, according to some estimates. A lot of them stop taking it because they think they're having things like allergic reactions when really all they're suffering is a side effect, and communicating back with their doctor to say, you know, this is giving me dry mouth or this is, you know, making my face flushed, you know, could a simple dosage adjustment could help that. But the patient is not taking the responsibility to take part in his own health care. So it really is a two-part dance. 
It is. It, it's a relationship. And I think it, doctors have responsibilities to tell their patients, and probably the pharmacists do too. Do you think personally, as a consumer now, not even as a writer, that pharmacists are taking their responsibility? When you go to the pharmacy, do you notice that, or is it just a business? As a consumer, I do actually go to the same pharmacy as, as much as possible. And I have had my pharmacist come up to me and speak to me about drugs that I've been prescribed. Um, in my own personal experience, yes. But I don't know that that's true across the board. Okay. Do you think that your pharmacist was talking to you about drugs? Were they trying to talk you into a generic, or were they trying to explain about your medication? Second one, actually, for me. I've never had such an experience where they try to talk me into a generic. Well, Shirley, thanks for being our guest today and talking to us about how pharmacists and doctors can play well together. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on Reach MDXM233, the channel for medical professionals. The hosts, producers, and staff at Reach MDXM are here for you, the physicians who care for your patients. We value your questions and welcome suggestions for future shows. Tell us what you want and what you need. Send your email to xm at reachmd.com, and we truly thank you for listening. <laughs>